Why is God so angry? Isn't the Bible full of contradictions? How could God allow so much science just proves the Bible? Good. How can the how Bible can say the earth was created in six days? How can the Bible say the earth was created in six days? A few years ago, I used to take students uh, surfing uh, out at Tofino, and, and one of the, the complicating pieces with surfing is the longshore current, which uh, runs sort of along the shore uh, within the bay, and, uh, and over time, that, that current kind of pushes you further uh, one way or the other down the beach. Uh, and as a group, we had sort of said, we want, we want to sort of maintain these boundaries. And we put down some flags because we didn't want people drifting too far towards obstacles or rocks or other people. And so we would set up a surfing area with two flags. And then me and another leader, we would, we would stand at either flag and count heads and watch and basically lifeguard. Uh, but I spent most of the days surfing, just sort of shooing people back up the beach. Uh, the, the longshore current would grab people and, and would pull them along and, and they would go beyond the flag and have to start yelling, getting their attention, telling them to move up the beach, move up the beach. And I would do that for hours upon hours um, because the current would cause this, this drift. Um, in our lives, this, this drift, I think, is a real thing. Uh, spiritually, as we look at our faith, as we look at that, that sort of living uh, in that place of dwelling with Christ in, in His will, uh, but we also live in this, this rapidly moving uh, anti-Christian culture uh, that, that we sort of swim in. And, and, and the drift is a real thing for us, too, that we need to pay attention to. Are we drifting away with the current of culture? Uh, and Israel had to deal with the same thing. Israel was surrounded by by uh, appealing pagan idolatry all around them. Uh, and we see throughout the Old Testament there was a pretty quick drift, and, and sometimes they would drift quite far, uh, quite fast. Uh, and, and we have the prophets who are sent by God here in the Old Testament who really are trying to alert the people of Israel to the drift, to seeing, hey, you're, you're, you're sliding away, that, that culture, uh, that, that, that idolatry, these things are, are moving you away from the center of where you're supposed to be. And so the prophets were God's messengers alerting people to drift. Um, we had prophets in the Old Testament here. We have prophets to the northern tribes, so the, the ten northern tribes of Israel after the split. Uh, prophets, for example, like Hosea. Um, but this morning we want to look particularly at the prophets to, to the south, to, to Judah and, and Benjamin, known as the tribes of, uh, of Judah, really, uh, the nation of Judah. Um, and over the course of about 250 years, God sends these prophets, prophet after prophet, in order to try and draw people back to center, back to Him, away from idolatry and back into covenant faithfulness. Uh, so the, the prophets that we see here in, in the Old Testament, we start with Joel, who chronologically was the first to Judah. And here's something important that Joel has to say, which is, I think at the heart uh, of much of what the prophets are saying. Yet even now declares the Lord. So he's, he's delivering a message uh, by, from God. Return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, with mourning, and rend your hearts, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. Uh, so that's, that's a phrase we see over and over again in the Old Testament, that he's slow to anger, he's gracious and merciful, abounding in steadfast love. This word chesed that we've talked about before. Um, and it's this idea in Joel of, of not just bowing your knee and not just going through the motions, but actually rending your heart. Of, uh, about God really wants our hearts in line and not just sort of the, the religious sort of pieces. Um, we see next chronologically we have Micah. 
Micah calls the people to listen and to hear the word of God, to once again go back and, and go, what is what does God want of us? And actually, uh, uh, our next series coming up in September, we're going to do three weeks uh, sort of in this vision casting in, in Micah, uh, in, uh, particularly Micah um, 6, 8, which, which is uh, this sort of what does the Lord require of you? to act justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly. So we're going to talk about that uh, more in depth in the fall. Uh, another prophet next would be Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah's uh, focus is all about God's holiness, that God is holy and God calls us to holiness, and God will use circumstances and difficulty in our lives to focus us in on God's holiness uh, and living that out. Uh, then next we have Nahum. Nahum reminded the people that Assyria, remember Assyria was the uh, sort of this empire that came in and conquered the north. Uh, Nahum reminds the southern tribes, hey, God is more powerful than Assyria. Assyria is nothing compared uh, to God. And we see in history that uh, the, the Assyrian plans to, to conquer the, the south Judah, uh, those plans are actually thwarted. And Nahum plays a, a part in that. And then we have Zephaniah. Uh, Zephaniah calls people to engage in kingdom work. Uh, not just not just to have this religious side and this personal side, this blending uh, of sacred and secular together, which is also very relevant for us about how really Zephaniah has to say is don't just go to church, uh, but rather be the church, right? That's the message that Zephaniah uh, has to say. Then we see Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah is a pretty important prophet who, who sees uh, some pretty broken and hard times and writes a couple of books in the Bible. Um, a quote about Jeremiah here is, is, does catastrophe work to reform our lives to God who actually is and not the way we imagined or wished him to be? And so uh, taking the reality, much of what we've been doing in the Old Testament series here is going, who is God really based on who he's revealed himself to be instead of twisting it and distorting it to who we want him to be? But Jeremiah says, look at the reality, the events in our lives. What does it have to tell us about God? Does it lead us um, to an abandonment of God, or does it trigger a stubborn grasping to the old collapsed systems of belief holding on for dear life to an illusion? So uh, how do we deal with the reality that, that we're in? Does it force us to, uh, to twist and distort God, or to abandon God, or to just yearn for the good old days, which never really uh, were? Uh, so that, that's much of the message of Jeremiah about the brokenness he's seeing in Israel. Uh, then we have Habakkuk, and Habakkuk, his message is that faithfulness does not mean preferential treatment, right? That even when we, we are faithful to God, even when we do seek to honor Him, doesn't mean that things are necessarily going to go well for us or easy for us. It's not karma. Um, and so th these are the core prophets to the tribes uh, of Judah, uh, th this calling back from drift, this calling back over 250 years, back-centered to God as they were in this process of idolatry, uh, calling people to simple faith and obedience, uh, and really in the midst of, of difficulty, and, and especially in the later years, uh, of seeing even the events of catastrophe um, and sort of oppression as being judgment from God for, for the, the waywardness of the people, uh, breaking that covenant. Um, and we see a similar, uh, a similar thing going on here as well in Revelation. So jumping way forward in the New Testament, uh, John does a similar thing uh, here in Revelation chapter 2. Verses 3 to 5, I know you are enduring. He's talking here to one specific church in Ephesus. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love that you had at first. 
Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. And so uh, John's message, again, is, is you drifted. You drift away from your first love. And he calls them to first remember, remember uh, remember who God was and, and who you were when you really came to faith. And, and, and then repent of how far that you drifted. Repent of that drift. And then actually to return. Uh, to walk back. And, and it's this image, again, of drifting in the ocean while surfing, of, of recognizing how far I've come and seeing the flags. And, and those boundaries are, are laid out for us really clearly in Scripture and, and, and repenting of realize, not realizing, hey, look how far I've come, and then actually physically returning. Thankfully for us, uh, our new covenant membership is not doesn't depend right whether or not we are the covenant people whether or not the covenant holds fast in our lives does not depend on our obedience whether or not we can stay between those flags it doesn't depend solely on my obedience and my ability to do that my strength as a swimmer so to speak uh, it doesn't depend on me anymore, but rather depends on Christ's obedience, that Jesus has done the work for us, that that is the root of our covenant. And now it's this, the, the, this call to watch the drift is about abiding, about remaining in Christ, about nurturing and maintaining that relationship, the vibrancy of that faith. And, and, and really, it's, it's not about, uh, I need to stay between these flags and the beach in order to get to heaven, but now it's about maintaining, staying in the, the flags of the beach so that we maintain connection connected to Jesus and, and, and allowing the Spirit to work in us and through us and, uh, and experiencing the life that God has for us. And, and it really is a call for us, um, are, are we drifting? Have we moved away? Um, going back to one of these prophets in Zephaniah, Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Uh, so that we see the heart of God in, in calling us back to Him, that, that, that he, he rejoices over us, that He sings over us, that, that He's not trying to punish us when He calls us to repent, when He calls us to walk back against the drift, but that he's singing over us and he wants life for us. He wants joy for us. He wants peace for us. Uh, and so, so what do these prophets have to tell us about God's character? First is I think we saw it, uh, first of all, in Joel, that, that he is slow to anger. He sends prophets for 250 years to Judah before there's any kind of real consequences that come down, that he's slow to anger, that he's abounding in love, that he's patient like the prodigal uh, father, right, Who, who's waiting, scanning the horizon, waiting for his son um, to remember to repent and to return. I think he waits the same way for us, that, that I think we see in his plans that he is, he's immovable, that he is immovable, he does not drift, he does not change, the, but that we are fickle and we do, and we need to acknowledge that, that it's a natural part of, of living in this life. And in some ways, I think even when Jesus washes Peter's feet, that he's saying the same thing, listen, that there are times in your life you're gonna drift, and you just need to keep coming back to me, and, and I'll wash your feet and I'll restore you. Uh, and it's this natural process that, that we enter into. And then finally, I think in his purposes, I think we see uh, that he knows that we're fickle and he knows that we drift. And so he sends us prophets. We have uh, his word here and we have the prophets who don't just speak to Israel, but speak to that core timeless truth in us as well as we've seen uh, 
that we struggle with many of the same things, and we see it to the warnings of the churches in Revelation. Uh, and, and even part of our, our hope with doing these dailies is, uh, is sort of like us standing on the beach with Scripture, uh, sh- hopefully a, a reminder of these flags. And, and, and in your life, hopefully, as, as we walk through this and as we, we try and remain dedicated to just uh, preaching through, expositionally preaching through Scripture, that there are going to be times where you notice that drift in your life. And so hopefully uh, this is us being that kind of a role of a prophet to you and, and, and seeing, hey, there's drift in my life in this area, whether it's, it's finances or lordship or worship or prayer, wh- wherever that might be, uh, and, and seeing the drift so that you can remember, repent, and return as well. And so our hope that there is that kind of prophetic role even with these dailies um, as we engage in this discipline together. Uh, and we're just thankful that God loves us and is patient with us, uh, and he does continue to send, even in my own life. He continues to send people um, to be prophets for me, to, to remind me of drift, to show me the drift so that I can return, so that I can remain abiding in Christ. Let's pray. God, we, we confess that we are a fickle people who, who, who sort of swim, surf in this culture that's moving so rapidly, and sometimes it's really hard uh, not to drift. But God, thank you that you love us enough to send us, um, particularly in the Bible, God, these flags on the beach to try and keep us within and help us to to remember the joy that we have uh, in our salvation, to repent when we see drift in our lives and to return back to you um, in worship and in gratitude for your grace. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Hope you have a great rest of the day. We'll talk again soon.